0: This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Suncoast's Bing, Pincher, and Big Mac. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So, get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom, and I am very excited about today's episode. I have David Kelly, Tommy Mahdi, and Phil Conway out of the Sun Coast region, and we're discussing intermittent fasting and how this one strategy is responsible for helping them collectively lose over 150 pounds, gain mental clarity, and get into the best shape of their lives. In today's episode, we discuss the different strategies of intermittent fasting and what seemed to work for all of them the key to ensure that you're successful at intermittent fasting, common mistakes that most people make that prevent their progress, and so much more. And remember, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with your family, other packs, and on social media. And now for this week's health tip. When it comes to optimizing your diet, there are many obvious choices that one can point to. Vegetables, fruit, and healthy meats are all accepted in many health-conscious circles. One food, however, has gotten a rotten deal when it comes to being considered a health-promoting food—the egg, specifically the yolk of an egg. It turns out that the part that most health-conscious people discard and avoid is actually the most nutritious part of the egg. Egg yolks contain more vitamins and larger quantities of those vitamins than egg whites. Each egg yolk contains seven vitamins, B6, folate, B12, A, D, E, and K, and of those, vitamins A, D, E, and K are found only in egg yolks, making egg yolks one of only a handful of foods in which vitamin D is naturally found. Egg yolks have important minerals. These minerals include calcium, magnesium, iron, potassium, sodium, and selenium. Although both the egg white and egg yolk contain these minerals, the yolk has larger amounts of most. Egg yolks contain nutrients for eye health. Carotenoids, which are colorful pigments that give egg yolks their yellow color, lower the risk of age-related macular degeneration and cataracts. They act as antioxidants in the eye, protecting it from free radicals that can damage different parts of the retina, impacting its ability to correctly focus light. And what about cholesterol and heart health? It turns out that moderate consumption of eggs is not correlated with heart disease and actually can have benefits for cardiovascular health due to the high levels of choline in them. Cholesterol is actually a very important substance in the body, providing building blocks for cell membranes and vitamin D production. The most nutritious way to consume an egg yolk is raw or slightly cooked, such as sunny side up or over easy. But hard-boiled or scrambled will still provide you many of the great benefits that the yolk has to offer. So don't fear the yolk. Enjoy eggs as part of your nutrition plan as they will provide you great protein, healthy fat, and the important vitamins and minerals to optimize your health. Now on to today's episode. All right. Welcome to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And I am super excited about today's show. I am joined by not one, not two, but three high impact men. And I can't wait to help have them share their stories. I have Pincher with me. I have Big Mac with me and I have Bing with me. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: Morning. Morning. Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: Awesome. And in today's episode, what we're going to be diving into is the topic of intermittent fasting. And this might be a topic that you may be familiar with, it may be a topic that you've heard a little bit about, and maybe something completely brand new to you. But in any case, this strategy, if you will, is responsible, uh, in these men's opinion, for one of the things that really kind of helped them achieve some of the health and fitness goals that they had. And I'm gonna let them kind of elaborate a little bit about that. So the, the way the podcast is going to work today is we're going to be teaching a little bit about intermittent fasting, I'm gonna have these guys share their personal stories, some of the things that they found worked for them, some of the things that they found were challenges, really just to equip you who are interested in maybe trying it for yourself, with the tools and the resources to be successful. So why don't guys, we, we take a few steps back and just uh, introduce yourselves to the packs and, uh, we'll go from there. So I'm going to have you, uh, Bing go first and then we'll go from there.
2: Sounds great. Appreciate it. So, uh, Bing, uh, David Kelly, 47 Bing down here in the sun coast, but also head of growth for F3 nation. So I guess I'm making my rounds on the, uh, the podcast. So, uh, but looking forward to sharing the success that really all three of us have had and, uh,
1: Pinter, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Phil Conway, uh, uh, 41, pincher, and uh, joined F3 and Suncoast four years ago, uh, and uh, staying strong. Mr. Big Mac? Uh,
3: Tommy Madi, 52, Big Mac, joined the Suncoast uh, again about three, three and a half years ago, and uh, I can't believe that how fast this time uh, passed, really, <laughs> and pleasure to be with you all.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate that background. So Big Mac, uh, why Big Mac as, as the name?
3: <laughs> well, you got the the two of them who got me in here. I got EH'd by, uh, believe it or not, Mr. Bing father, Shamwell. He got me in, and in the first day, uh, Mr. Bencher was in the crowd, and uh, they asked me to say what I do, and I told them that uh, I'm a partner in a few Burger King, and of course, the first name comes to mind is Big Mac. <laughs>
0: Plus,
3: I was a little bit of uh, a fluffy guy.
0: <laughs> this was pre pre intermittent fasting success, I guess. Correct. <laughs> okay, yeah. very good. And Pincher, uh, what's the background? Uh,
1: so I work for a, a locally owned restaurant uh, group called Phelan uh, Family Brands that owns uh, multiple restaurants. Uh, Pinchers is the main group. Uh, so basically once I announced that I worked for pinchers, everybody was like pincher. So I gotcha. So
0: two food reference names <laughs> there. I love yes. it. Uh, perfect for today's podcast. And I'm pretty sure Bing. Uh, that has nothing to do with food, correct?
2: No, it does not. It uh, <laughs> makes it's for the fact that I wore a Google shirt to my first workout and this smart Alex in the fort, uh, thought that I, I thought I was good as Google, but I really was just Bing. so, uh, they, they were going down a much worse path prior to giving me that name. But uh, so I'll take being all day long. So that was six years. That was six years ago.
0: All right. So let's uh, kind of move on to the topic of today, which is intermittent fasting. And so just for those individuals who are unfamiliar with what intermittent fasting is, intermittent fasting is the strategy behind timed or scheduled eating. Uh, it's the idea that that you kind of pre-plan or determine that you're going to eat during what we call a, a feed window and choose to fast during the other aspects of the day. And so there's different ways of doing it. There's not a one size fits all. Uh, the most common, when well, I don't want to use the word common, but the easiest and the first way of, uh, of kind of dipping your toe in the water is what we call the 12-12 method. And that's simply saying, you know, let's say from eight in the morning till 8 PM at night, I'm going to allow myself to feed myself, eat food. But as soon as eight o'clock comes in the evening, I'm no longer going to consume any type of calories until eight o'clock that next morning. So hence 12 hours and 12 hours and the 12 and 12. The second strategy that seems to really work for a lot of people and and a lot of people gravitate towards is something we call the 16, eight strategy. And that's the strategy when we essentially say for eight hours during the day, we're going to use it as a feed window, an opportunity to eat, uh, an opportunity to, to put nutrients in our body. But for the 16 other hours of that day, we're going to choose not to. And, and one of the most simplistic ways of thinking about it is you kind of skip breakfast. You have your first meal around lunchtime. You've continued to eat throughout the day. Are you allowed to eat, let's just say, throughout the day until about 8 p.m.? And then you no longer consume any more food until the following day at noon. And that seems to kind of be a pretty popular option uh, as well. Other common ones are things we call alternate day fasting. Uh, That's exactly what it sounds like. You eat one day and then you don't eat the next day. Sometimes that can lead to a little bit longer fasting uh, around 36 hours. Let's say I I stopped eating at eight o'clock Monday night. I won't eat again until Wednesday morning. So you kind of almost get two evenings in a row and a little bit longer time. We have what we call the 24 hour fast or the six, one diet. That's essentially where again, one day a week, we choose to not consume any food. And it could be from like, say eight o'clock Tuesday evening till Wednesday evening at eight o'clock, but the rest of the day, uh, rest of the week, you kind of eat on a normal schedule. And then they have what they call the OMAD or the one meal a day strategy where every day you eat, but it's just one meal. And so it could be at noon every day, but the rest of the, the, the schedule with 23 hours, let's just say, of the day you choose not to eat. So those are the kind of the main ones that most people talk about. And you can have any variation from that. You know, you can have. Uh, a fifteen nine and 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 down the, the sliding scale or up the sliding scale either direction. So, guys, I just want to touch base with you. Uh, what did you guys find when it came to putting a strategy together with intermittent fasting worked best for you? And or if you try different ones, maybe just elaborate what worked uh, best for you. And I'll let you uh, pinch if you want to go first.
1: Sure. Uh, so actually I was kind of late to the intermittent fasting party. There was a few guys, Big Mac uh, Bing, and a couple other of the Suncoast packs that were doing it, uh, in their first initial rounds that it kind of got brought up. Uh, I kind of stayed out of that. I was kind of just happy going to the beat downs and I like to eat. So, you know, I didn't want to give that part of it up. Uh, but unfortunately it came down to, uh, I think it actually was a March madness contest, uh, where a couple of us got together to do a little contest of who could lose the weight for March Madness. And uh, so that's when I kind of dropped, jumped on that intermittent fasting band bandwagon. And uh, I did the uh, 16 and uh, eight hours uh, intermittent fasting program. Uh, so basically I tried to eat dinner with the family by, you know, six thirty somewhere in their time frame, and then not eat again until noon or so the next day, uh, sometimes pushing a little longer, sometimes a little less, but that was pretty much the most part. Uh, and, uh, the best part about it that I liked was the fact that, uh, at least in the beginning, I felt like I could eat what I wanted to eat during the eat window. Uh, so that was good for me. Cause like I said, I like to eat. Um, so I didn't eat too healthy at that point. Uh, you know, I was kind of eating some junk food and felt, felt okay about it. Cause I was still losing some weight. Um, but then when it came time to get serious, I did start tightening up what I was eating during the eat window. And then that's when you could really see some results and uh, even shedding quicker, quicker weight than what was working before. So that's kind of the background for me.
0: Yeah. Did you start day one with the 168, or did you graduate up to the 168?
1: Uh, so everybody at Tunkos knows I'm just all in when I go straight for it. Gotcha.
0: So day one, you said, I'm, I'm going to do the 16 eight and go for it. And did you do that seven days a week, or did you do it most of the week? How did you scheduled so initially.
1: Yeah. So initially when I started doing it, I was just seven days a week, did it every time. Uh, and then we started getting into some training for, uh, some events, like a couple of us just did a half Ironman. Uh, so there was some long day training plans that just didn't really work with the intermittent fasting program. So there was some days that I took off, but I had pretty much gotten to where I wanted to be and weight wise. So, uh, you know, I, I go back to it when I'm not doing those big days, but then when I know that I'm going to do a three plus hour training session, I try to try to make sure I eat for that. So,
0: Got it. All right, Big Mac, let's hear what you did.
3: Uh, I actually, uh, once I started getting into really the lifestyle of F3 and the brotherhood, I wanted to get better. And uh, my main goal was losing pound, which was extremely stupid in my part because really it's not losing the bound. it's creating that deficit into your calorie count. And then till I really put my finger in that thing and I understood what's this, uh, got started reading about uh, intermittent fasting and found out that that could work. So first day was rough, started with the 12 and 12, uh, Burger Kings, it's the easiest thing. You walk into a restaurant and you can smell that Whopper coming out and all of a sudden you're eating a double Whopper with cheese. That was a little bit hard. But uh, within one week, really your body starts reacting to that window. And all of a sudden you feel like, okay, I'm okay. Then right away after the first week, I'm talking to Bing and we went into the 16 and eight, just thankfully with his help, going into that group chat that we use in Slack. And every day he was like a hawk, man. He calls you in by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Stay strong, stay strong. And that was it. It uh, it went good. And just reiterating what Bencher said, you find out that you're losing weight, life is good, and you start eating in an eating frenzy during that time. Then once you really start to really tighten up, exact word for venture, uh, you go down and you will say, oh my goodness gracious, I just lost six pounds in six days. This is insane. Uh, you know, to just finish it up, I went down all the way to 164 and uh, my M just get the time out. You're like, you need to stop now. Go back again <laughs> to the 170. And that's really what I stayed. But it, that was mostly the one you know, the one time, the 12 12, one week, but it's mostly right now for over two years, 16 8.
0: Perfect. I love it. Okay. Uh, Bing, let's hear about your story.
2: Yeah. You know, it was crazy. I mean, it wasn't by coincidence. I think it was really delivered to me by by SkyQ because I needed to do something. You know, I mean, I was, I mean, I'm 6'5. Everyone thinks, you know, he's fine. He's, you know, he's where he should be. And, but I was literally 30 to 40 pounds heavier than I had been. Most of my life, and and uh, I actually had a coworker mention intermittent fasting, and then I heard your podcast, uh, the roundtable or the call or whatever we call it, uh, with with C-SPAN, and you know within two days heard two conversations about intermittent fasting, and then just brought it up at cafeteria after a Saturday beatdown and Big Macs like I'm doing that I'm doing that like like you should join me and and uh, Ripkin who's our Nantan now who was at the table also and he's like I think I want to try that. Um, so, you know, I, I remember struggling at first. I mean, it's, it's big to not eat breakfast and then try to be disciplined. Um, the texts that came across that I think they weren't really getting in line. It was to keep myself in line, uh, to eat our arms off. I mean, we were starving, you know, hitting that, that 13th, 14th, 15th hour. Um, uh, but, but the brotherhood pushed us through, I mean, they would get to noon and then it'd be dead silence on the text stream because we were using both hands to eat at that point in time. Um, so, you know, really for me, it was, you know, the 16, eight was really the way I would do it. I've, I've done a few 24 hours uh, or it's gone longer either because I had to finish eating early because I had to run my kid to soccer or, I got stuck in a meeting at work and I didn't get to eat till two or three o'clock. But, but to big Mac's point, I mean, the body kind of realizes like there's enough there to feed off of, like it doesn't need the food to survive. And, and I think my biggest challenge, and I remember coming back to you bones with this is, you know, before workout, like I was used to eating a banana and a yogurt. And then you go work out, how's that going to work? You know, and and, and you pointed out to me and you mentioned in the podcast, you know, drink big glass of water, there's enough reserves to carry. It and I found, I mean, I had more than energy. Yeah, when we get into these longer, you know, ruck training and stuff like that, you gotta be smart about it. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really see any trouble getting to that 16 hour point because it, it really, it really embodied the, the energy levels were great. Like I thought I'd be crashing. The biggest struggle I've had is that first meal. You gotta be super careful with that first meal because if you overeat, then you almost get into a coma. I mean, the, the, I'm guessing it's blood sugars or whatever it might be. You got the answer, I'm sure. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, you you go and have a big lunch thinking you've starved yourself. You pay the
0: price. Yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing all that. And, and I had a little bit of trouble. Uh, maybe you kind of went out a little bit as you were sharing. And I think you mentioned something about something that helped you overcome some of the hunger pains was drinking more water. Is that what yes. you were sharing? Yeah. Yes. And that, and that is a that is a tactic that uh, I often share with people because, you know, to your point, there's sometimes we have to train for this. So the day one, we're not going to feel like, oh gosh, all of a sudden I'm not going to add that calorie into our body. We're creatures of habit and our body knows what it is used to getting. And so if we lose some of that fuel or food that we're typically uh, feeding it, it's going to let you know that, hey, wait, something's different. But a lot of times people mistake dehydration for hunger. And what they really just need to do is add more water to their system and they're going to feel better. But uh, in any case, all, you know, again, thanks, guys, for sharing all those things. It sounds like ultimately the 16.8 is what we all kind of settled on as the most sustainable thing to really accelerate. You know, the intermittent fasting schedule. And, and that's personally what I use. I, I also do um, pretty much lifestyle-wise intermittent fasting at this stage of the game. I rarely ever eat something in the mornings. That's not to say I never do. And I think, um, Pinch, you brought it up as far as, you know, in, in events or scenarios where we're having to exert a lot more calories, exert a lot more effort, you know we have to listen to our bodies it's not smart to c- caloric deficit and then run the blue ridge relay uh, for instance or some of these grow ruck or go ruck events you, you're gonna have to hydrate yourself and and so you have to listen to your body and in those instances i completely agree that breaking the fast is not a big deal because there's bigger issues at, at, in mind but on a day-to-day basis and just to go post in the gloom as being brought up you don't have to fuel yourself or fuel yourself before you go because what happens when we eat food and you guys may remember this if you listen to the podcast originally is when we eat food there's a sugar in all food called glucose and that's what the body uses to build energy what we call atp and in order to utilize that long term the body has to store that and the body stores that by using a, another hormone in our body called insulin insulin grabs that glucose and it kind of shuttles to areas of our body one being the liver two being the muscle cells uh, the musculoskeletal system and lastly and, and most abundantly for unfortunately the majority of americans is in fat. uh that's just kind of how the body stores that and that's really what we're supposed to do because up until modern times we couldn't eat on demand, right? We had to hunt, we had to gather, we had to, we had to go through periods of time with no food. And so as a result for survival, our body said, okay, thank you for the fuel that you're giving, it, giving me. I'm gonna use some of it immediately, but I'm gonna to have to store it so that as you demand this energy later, I'm gonna need uh, to, to, to have that. And so the body does that and then it stores it in a form called glycogen. And that's what the body then goes back to use when we need energy. And so if we eat something right before we go exercise, well, guess what the body is going to want to use for that energy need? It's going to want to use that food that you just put into the bloodstream because it's easy, it's available and so forth. But let's say it's been 12 hours since you ate. You haven't eaten. And now you go and post in the gloom and you go to need energy. Well, your body's going to have to force itself to find that energy somewhere. And so that's when it starts to break down fat cells. That's when it starts to break down the glycogen. And that's the kind of the secret sauce, if you will, behind the intermittent fasting strategy. And unfortunately, when we eat, our body goes in what we call fat storage and then you have to wait so many hours before it flips the switch to go to fat burning so if we don't allow enough time and and on average on average that number is anywhere between 6 and 12 hours meaning that if i eat something it's going to probably be a minimum of 6 hours before my body goes back into fat burning so if i'm eating something every couple hours Guess what? My body never ever enters into. It never really truly enters into that fat burning storage or, or state. And so I'm constantly giving it that easy energy. And again, not to say you can't lose weight other ways, but this is why that intermittent fasting works really, really well when it comes to kind of breaking through a plateau or achieving some of these weight loss goals. Some other scientific benefits of intermittent fasting is something we call autophagy. That's really the way the body cleans itself up. It goes and finds dead cells and and problematic cells and, and cleans it up. Of course, it boosts metabolism. Uh, helps us lose weight it burns fat like i just mentioned by forcing the body to break down the glycogen and then believe it or not when we intermittent fast it helps us release growth hormone in fact like four to five times more than not doing intermittent fasting so we're able to build muscle so not only do we burn fat but we can build muscle what are some of the benefits you guys saw personally as a result of doing intermittent fasting, whether it's weight loss, muscle tone, energy, and so forth. So uh, I'll go back to you, Big Mac. What did you find were some of the the key benefits, personally, as a result of doing intermittent fasting?
3: It's truly all of the above and then some. Uh, Let's start first by the excess belly fat. I I was always carrying those uh, two or three watermelons, uh, you know, in front and all of a sudden you go down physically and you can see it over six months from extra large shirt to large shirt to medium to now finally being proud to wear your uh, muscle F3 shirts. That's, that's, That's beside that physical, it's the mental aspect of it. Once you start to see this transformation, it's you're happy, you're proud, you're going more, and that's that's really all what you get from it. Not only this, your body starts to react adversely if you started to change it. Once you start to eat, if you know, we call it uh, in our house it's a church and a donut Sunday. My daughter, we go, you know, eat on Sunday. We go get our donuts after church. But you start to eat a couple of donuts on a Sunday at 10 o'clock, and your body is acting extremely weird, you're not feeling good. So physically, yes, you will see all the benefits, but if you are really, really looking to uh, be a sharp him, it's gonna be getting the aspect of the mental fitness of it, which was amazing.
0: So you mentioned weight loss. What what was your kind of weight loss uh, results?
3: Uh, I started at 227 and a half and within two months it was getting plateaued at around the 200 and once I really start getting into it went back all the way down to 164, a total of about 63 down loss. And this is when I was uh, joking the M said, well, you're getting way too skinny. So I found my happy medium and that's another uh, thing for uh, all the packs out there. they're gonna try this. Trust me, you will see a very quick result from this if you follow it correctly. Just find your happy place because intermittent fasting is really addictive. Once you start losing that weight, you don't want to stop. You just don't want to stop.
0: Awesome. Well, congrats on that weight loss. That's fantastic. And and to your point, you got to find correct that body weight that you feel healthy and strong and, and one of the aspects of kind of utilizing intermittent fasting is fat loss, but we talked about muscle gain and and kind of finding what makes you as strong as possible as well. And your capability of being athletic and so forth. Perfect, man. Pincher, how about you?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know when I was at my biggest. I Kind of avoided the scale because you don't really want to know what it says. So <laughs> I don't know exactly how much was really lost because I probably didn't get on the scale until a few weeks into intermittent fasting, just out of denial. Um, but I, I I know at some point I was up in the uppers two thirties, uh, and I've gotten as low as like one eighty three. I had to do two rounds basically. There was an injury, so uh, in between I put on a couple. 30 pounds again uh, and then had to reuse intermanifesting again to drop that weight again. So both times it was successful for me. Uh, and both times it worked pretty quickly. Um, one of the other big things for me on doing the, uh, the, uh, the, rewards I see is obviously the uh, you know, the energy level, I think of losing the weight because uh, once you start losing that weight, then your energy level is higher and you can actually perform better. Um, and then also uh, you know, being and I have a pretty good competition on running, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I can attest that if you weigh less, you run faster. <laughs> so, uh, so that was another benefit for me as well, and then just overall health to know that uh, you know I'm much more healthy now than I was you know before F three or before intermittent fasting and uh, those. Those rewards that it'll pay off for the DM and the 2.0s and hopefully uh for myself as well and, and living a longer, healthier life. So
0: awesome, man. Well, congrats on those uh improvements. And t- you brought up a good point. Sometimes, despite our best efforts to kind of get healthy, there sometimes comes hiccups and there's things that kind of thwart that advancement. And that your willingness to kind of go back to what worked the first time and then see the results again is just a testimony to a hey, you're perseverance in your you know pursuit of that wellness but more importantly kind of speaks to the uh tried and true fact that this strategy works uh not only once but twice when you tried it uh so that's awesome man all right Bing your turn for me
2: the word addictive it was very addictive I think you know realizing and studying the science and learning the science behind it knowing when you get to like our 12 you're burning fat like that's when you realize holy smokes, like now I'm actually going to gain the benefit of this. You want to keep going. Like you want to get to that hour 16 and, oh, if I got that extra hour, that's another. So, I mean, there were points in time where my mom would look at me and go, would you eat already? Like she just, just would get frustrated that, you know, she almost felt like I was doing harm. And 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 unfortunately, addictive qualities are something I'm very good at. So she's probably right. Um, so, you know, just kind of forcing yourself to be smart about it. But I think the biggest thing for me was, and and all three of us have mentioned it, you can start this and not change what you eat. So I listened to your podcast this week and, and I can't think of the gentleman's name, but you know, he talks a lot about, you know, vegetarian diets and and carnivore diets and whatnot. And, and the word diet to me, always had such negative connotation because, you know, I'm terrible. My wife and I don't cook very well. We like going to Pincher and Big Mac's restaurants. You know, we eat out more than we should. Um, But, you know, the realization eventually was if I'm doing this for 16 hours and I'm going to push myself to be healthy, then when I eat better during the eating time, I could lose even more. So, I mean, I got to my plateau and then just recently I, Ask my accountability group to kick my butt if they, you know, if I can, if I can't stay away from the sweets, because I just got to the plateau and I wanted to lose about five or six more pounds, seven pounds, giving up sweets and stayed away from that, and the pounds came right off. So when you realize you eat better, you get better results. Uh, it was that much better. So you could do this thing and not change really how you eat in those eight hours. But just know that your results are going to be maybe slower might be the right word but if you take this thing seriously and then really watch and i know that's why you you mix in keto uh, type eating with intermittent fasting you see people drop like overnight because i mean it's all protein based there's no carbs that you're and you're storing up and all the sugars and whatnot and that's how scientific i get right there um but but at the end of the day you know if you eat better it works a lot better. So that was the realization for me, but the energy levels, knowing pincher was losing weight and chasing me and trying to catch up to me, uh, was a huge motivation. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we both succeeded because of it. Um, and he's now a little bit faster than me, just a little bit, but that's because of the Ironman. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it really comes down to just making sure that if you want the energy levels, you want that weight loss, um, it's, it's very doable. Uh, and the energy was absolutely the clarity of mind. And maybe you could explain that, but like when I'd be fasting, I felt like just, just, you know, my, my brain function was so much more clear. Um, and I don't know if that's a byproduct of not slowing it down with bad foods or whatever it might be, but, uh, but that was another huge benefit.
0: Yeah. And you brought up a good point. I mean, I didn't mention mental clarity and, but personally I, I see that as well. It's almost like I have two parts of my day, the pre-lunch and, and and the motivation I feel and how good I feel. And then after that first meal and that coma that sometimes you get lulled into as a result of eating. And, and some of that's because, you know, insulin's being released. I mean, when you're putting food into your system, your body has to do something with it. Sugar can't sit in your blood vessels too long. That's what destroys them. If it sits there too long, that's where you get the terms diabetes and, and, and pre-diabetes and, And so what we have to do is we have to shuttle that out and that takes energy and that tires us and that makes us feel more sluggish um, as well. But, you know, our brain, it feeds on fat. Uh, It needs healthy fat and it needs fat to do. And so when we're in or doing intermittent fasting, there's a, the, the idea of breaking down that glycogen and and feeding the body, the fat stores that you have, it's called ketosis. And that's really kind of why we're able to concentrate a little bit more and why we're able to kind of have that sharper mind and, and so forth. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, the science, I mean, we could probably dig deeper into the research and all that, but for what packs need to understand is you don't need to have to have this huge, big breakfast in the morning to have energy all the rest of the day. I think that's one of those biggest myths out there that breakfast is the most important food. Uh, I I read recently, it says breakfast is the most important food only for the food industry, because that's really, they, (laughs) they, they've, They marketed that aspect of our society to make us believe that, A, there's only certain types of foods that you can eat in the morning, and that, B, uh, you have to have it, or or you're not going to function throughout the day, and and nothing could be further than, than than the truth. And really, breakfast only means breaking the fast. So really, our first meal of the day could be termed a breakfast, regardless of the time of day that we do it. Uh, it doesn't have to be prior to 10 AM for instance, or anything like that. You guys all touched on some what one other factor that I want to kind of elaborate on for a few minutes here and, and what can sabotage somebody's speed at using intermittent fasting or certainly long lasting results is quality of food. You know, the, the fact that the fact and the truth is, and you guys can all attest to it, intermittent fasting as a strategy in and of itself works, meaning, you could still have a very poor diet or not put a lot of time or effort into that dietary thought process, as long as you're following the timing aspect of intermittent fasting and still see results. But there comes a point that that result will falter or not go as far as we want it to, or will plateau until we're willing to kind of clean up the diet even more. And Bing, you brought up two terms, you said uh, ketogenic or low carb. So Mm kind of... Explain a little bit what you found you had to do personally to maybe clean up the diet that you found to be a little bit better for you in integrating intermittent fasting.
2: So, you know, with the fast ending at eight o'clock, 745 was a great time to grab the, uh, to to grab the bowl of ice cream and and almost just kind of stuff as much in before the eight o'clock hit guys, that doesn't work. I mean, that's, that's, that's what was happening. You know I mean? I, I literally took my bad eating habits that were spread over 16 hours of the day and condensed them into eight hours. Um, so what I did was, you know, the meals were very much more intentional. And that's a word that we actually, as, as a group here in the sun coast started to use was, you know, when you're eating, be intentional, fuel your body with stuff that, that, you know, has a reason for it. So instead of that ice cream, maybe it's a handful of almonds, uh, instead of even having a snack that late, then just forego it, but whatever you're putting in your mouth and pincher really brought this out. And, and another one of our brothers down here brought it up is you're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your M and you're doing it for your 2.0s. So not only can you show a positive habit transfer by having them see you eat healthier, but if I'm not taking care of myself, then, you know, what am I doing five years from now when, when my aunt really needs me and, and the kids are at a state in life in college and, and they need a healthy dad. So that really kind of was the biggest motivator was, was, you know, was that, but just getting rid of the, the, the stupid snacks. My whole thing was if I had any useless food and, and that was really kind of my snacks, my ice creams, my M&Ms, whatever it might be, then I had to do 50 burpees the next day. So I can't tell you how many times I went past, you know, a Dunkin' Donuts and I got a weak spot for their sesame bagels with cream cheese. And then just give that up. Like you don't need those empty calories because you don't need that to fuel yourself. You know, go find something healthier or a fruit or or a salad or whatever it might be. So it was a lot, a lot better food choice than than what was happening. Uh, To me, I feel like the bar has been raised. Like my body is used to living this way because it has been two and a half, three years that I've been doing it. So even if I just kind of slip back into a bad meal or two, I, I don't lose weight or I actually gain weight. So you're like, how can you gain weight with intermittent fasting? But at a point in time, your body's like, okay, well, during those eight hours, you were an idiot, you get two pounds, you know, and it just, it just, the knowing that makes you stay disciplined when you're eating.
0: Gotcha. And, and and you, Pincher, what 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 have you found from a dietary strategy that you kind of tweaked as you kind of did your intermittent fasting journey?
1: So uh, quite a few of it, guys, uh like I'm assuming most F3 groups have a Slack channel. And uh so like I said before, I kind of like to eat and I like to eat not so great food. Not, I mean, I like to enjoy whatever I put on the tongue's palate, you know. So um so there was a lot of unhealthy choices that I didn't want to give up. Uh, so one of the strategies that I used is uh, on a Slack channel, we had uh, an IF channel, and then uh, I basically posted every time I, I went to eat something. So uh, I took a picture of whatever it was and put it on a Slack channel. And so that accountability helped me clean up my act, I guess you could say, uh, knowing that if I was going to take a picture of a, uh, an ice cream and put it out there, I'd <laughs> get really a lot of flack for that. So. <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of healthy food that we got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha.
0: Now, did you find that you switched from eating a more carb-based diet to just more protein? Did you find that there are certain snacks that you completely eliminated? Uh, anything specific?
1: Yeah. So I basically try to cut out all junk food pretty much. So any, you know, ice cream for sure, that's a sore spot for me. Uh, and then, uh, you know, any, any, any really junk food. I mean, I I pretty much said whatever the wife makes for dinner, you know, that's going to be what it is. Uh, And, you know, I wasn't going to alter uh, what I was taking in and make them try to force what, you know, dinner plans were and all those kind of things. Um, But, uh, you know, basically really just cut out all the junk. So, you know, I try to have chicken breast and salad for lunch or, uh, you know, maybe a protein shake or something along those lines and just, cut out all the, all the bad habit uh, junk food that I would be constantly eating and picking on. So,
0: Got it. And how about you, Big Mac? What kind of dietary changes have you kind of seen you make uh, to really make this thing work? Uh,
3: it's really the same thing, but there is a, actually a little rituals. I found that it worked for me. I don't know if it would it work for everyone else. Drinking a big cup of water when you wake up and once I started studying and found out that uh, you can add just a small teaspoon of uh, vinegar, not your regular vinegar, it's just the apple cider vinegar. I know it will sound crazy, but for somehow it made my whole body feel refreshed and it took that hunger away very quick. Uh, drinking a cup of black coffee in the morning or whenever you go, it just, I know you can take a, anywhere a cup of black coffee keep drinking that through the day, it's giving you both energy and it's really helping. That was the first subtle changes. Second, I learned very quickly that comes in one o'clock and I'm gonna dip into my food. Uh, My sugar shuts up very, very quickly because I wanted something fast and a big sandwich I can get to. So I learned a little trick just from the group as well. You can cut your first meal into again into two halves. The first thing, the first food in your body needs to be: I get a little salad, little steak, some salmon. Don't dump this uh, big amount of uh, dressings. Just some lemons, some you know vinegar, and boom, you still filled up your body with a whole of lettuce and salmon, but there is no that spike of sugar. Then come and go home at three, four o'clock, and go at it. That was my (laughs) biggest, you know, my biggest thing. But at least even between 12 to 5, your sugar didn't spike extremely quickly from eating that food. That was the first. Second, the snacking thing, you know, uh, Bencher and Bing were talking about. Sitting down in the front of a football game, it was 8 to 10 bags of 375 calories beer, you can still drink beer. I'm not going to say give up your beer, but there is more wiser choices out there into the 100 calories. And instead of having that big chips and salsa, then you're finishing going all crazy. I found it worked for me that I changed into the sunflower seed. Two bags of those sunflower seed, I feel that I'm eating for three hours, but it's really 100, 100 calories. It's just the little things... That at least, and you know, it's probably helping everywhere.
0: Yeah, no, those are some great little tips. Uh, I like the sunflower seed one, I haven't really heard of that one before, and it makes perfect sense. And I know guys that'll do those or chew on those on long road trips because it kind of takes your mind off of things and allows you to keep moving. So I can see it working just as well when you're in front of a television. And, and watching a game that, you know, we're creatures of habit. And if that was something that you typically were doing, finding a replacement for that is absolutely what you should be doing. You mentioned black coffee. I'm a fan of black coffee as well. Uh, it is absolutely one of those things that is a good or not. I don't want to use the word good. It's absolutely something that you can utilize while on a fast. So just to kind of touch base on that, sometimes people get confused about, what they can eat during their fasting window, right? Because we, we kind of know that for the most part, when we're eating or in our eat or feed window, we can pretty much eat anything, even though, as you guys all pointed out, the smarter we eat, the more our results will, will be driven. But then there's some school of thought out. There are some confusion around, is it okay if I eat a little bit of that or drink a little bit of this? Will this break my fast? And the the simple answer is yes, anything that you eat or drink can have the potential of breaking your fast outside of like mineral water, a tea with no sweetener in it or or milk in it, coffee without milk or or additives in it, and really just kind of sticking to that water and and to the point that we made already, black tea or or black coffee, Uh, there's a big I don't know if you guys are familiar with the strategy of bulletproof coffee. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of, uh, information out there about it, but it, the concept behind it is you blend up healthy fats into the coffee and, and, uh, you know, full disclosure, it's amazing tasting and it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and it's fantastic actually health wise, because it's kind of this keto bomb that really feeds your brain and so forth. Well, unfortunately Individuals will justify doing that type of coffee in the morning during their fasting period, expecting the same results as somebody that's not doing that, and that's just not the case. You're putting butter in, you're putting milk in, or, or whatever you choose to put in that that can get you in trouble. And then I want to kind of touch on one other thing: is sweeteners. We talked about uh, is it okay to add some of these nat or artificial sweeteners, or even a sweetener like stevia into our beverages. And unfortunately there's an aspect of what those things do can still stimulate insulin uh, production. Even though it doesn't spike your blood sugar, the brain is pretty sensitive about what it's interpreting. And even when we're using these non-blood sugar raising products like aspartame or Splenda or even Stevia from a natural standpoint, it can still do some psychological things or translate to some physiological things in the body that can, can inhibit you from maximizing your, your fast. But I love the glass of water. First thing in the morning, apple cider vinegar is a fantastic thing to kind of throw in it. Uh, There's a lot of research behind that. So if you're unfamiliar with that packs, look it up, uh, see if that makes sense to you uh, as far as a strategy to, to, uh, to implement. So, you know, I think we kind of touched on quite a bit of the, the, the tips that some packs may have to, to think about when they're implementing intermittent fasting, such as we, we want to make sure it matters what we eat. You can't eat anything and it get great results. You can get some results. And, and let me touch on that real quick. These guys, I'm a, you know, packs have been doing this for a couple of years they're what we call kind of more seasoned at intermittent fasting. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I want to do intermittent fasting, but I'm not ready to give up this food or that food or that, you know, let, let me encourage you. And I'm sure these guys will tell you the same thing. Just get started with the timing. Just get started with picking the, the time of day and don't change your diet at all. And just allow that to work for a little bit. But to their point and what they're warning is at some point, if, if you're really, have a strategy around wanting to optimize your health to, to the nth degree, it is going to matter what we put into our body. And that's when you can be a little bit more restrictive and, and pick those things one at a time to, to eliminate. And, and, you know, I still enjoy beer here and there. I still enjoy ice cream on occasion. Uh, I, I don't do great with dairy, but I still like ice cream. I still enjoy desserts and I love the strategy brought up big Mac about, not stuffing yourself the minute it becomes 12 o'clock or quote, unquote, legal to eat. And I fall short of that a lot. Uh, You know, we live busy schedules and maybe some of us only have a short period of time to eat right after that window opens up. But to your point, the research really does show that if we allow a little bit of food initially, that's going to do us a lot more favor than just stuffing, you know, 2000 calories into our system, right when we're able to, but instead eat a little bit kind of prime the system, and then maybe add some more during, during the rest of the eating frenzy. And at the end of the day, the, lo- the the one of the greatest things about intermittent fasting, it's not calorie counting, you, I didn't hear any of you guys mention calorie counting, because it really doesn't apply, you don't have to sit there and go, I only can eat x amount of calories. Now, by default, by only having, a a, you know, two meals versus three meals or less of an eating window, you may consume less calories, but that's not necessary. And and you don't have to do that. So I love that because as a man, that's the last thing I want to do. And I'm sure it's the last thing many of you guys want to do is kind of track your calories and write them out and all that kind of stuff. It's just becomes a, a barrier of entry, uh, as, as far as that goes. But, uh, Man, you guys all shared some fantastic things about that. So let's do this. I'll, I'll let each of you kind of share one tip here. If, if, if someone's on the fence about intermittent fasting, whether they should try it, they should not try it, um, why don't we go around the horn here and just kind of give us, you know, that 30-second elevator pitch of, of why somebody may want to consider doing it and, and a quick tip to do it. And I, I'll start with you, Bing. Yeah, I think it's, it's real simple.
2: Do it and then find a brother to do it with. I think that's that's been our success here in, in the Sun Coast. And I think that channel that Pincher mentioned has, you know, probably 18 people in it because there's a variety of guys at different phases doing it and learning about it. So, you know, go back and find the podcast from three years ago or whatever it was with, with C-SPAN, uh, listen to that. Cause that's how it's great. I've, I've shared that podcast time and time again, uh, with all the guys, we stick it in our channel often, uh, but listen, learn about it, understand it, and then just get yourself dedicated
1: and have your brothers hold you accountable.
0: Perfect. Thanks. Pincher.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, the accountability is definitely, uh, by far, I think the, the biggest, uh, Area for for a tip, but uh, you know, as you mentioned, the, the fact that you don't have to calorie count. I know there's apps out there that you'll put in what you ate to tell you how many calories you you're consuming by that product. And then you say how much I exercised, and then it would be like, okay, well now you can consume more calories because you exercise. And that was like an excuse for me to eat more. Uh, you know, where this really isn't a diet. I don't feel it's just a timing thing. I mean, you you get smarter, you eat healthier. Uh, as you progress but like you said you don't have to do that if you just do the time um, you, you know and you can gradually work up to that time uh, you don't have to go full dive in straight from the beginning you can, you know start at a 12 12 and then work your way to you know a 16 8 or whatever it is and some guys make it even further than that um, um, but you know just start and uh, the fact like I said that it's not a diet uh, or at least it doesn't feel like a diet uh, is, is a big win for me too Awesome. How about you, Big Mac? Uh,
3: The only reason you guys or the backs uh, shouldn't try this if they are very heavy in their comfort zone and their status quo, truly. Uh, This is one of the easiest things you will do. Uh, I know it's going to seem crazy that I'm saying easiest thing you will do for 12 hours fasting or 16 hours fasting, but no, go ahead, shake that status quo, go get it, It's really easy, but the biggest motivation for you will be your shield lock. Find that person who will motivate you every single day and really start slow, don't go crazy, just a little bit at a time. And if there is anyone can see a sad clown who was 60 pounds overweight, that buked the first time running half a lab with a 78 years old chamois running labs around myself, to these guys taking me to running marathons. It's literally was the F3 Brotherhood, our shield lock and intermittent fasting. If there is anything I can say, that will be it.
0: Perfect, all great tips and all great motivating you know perspectives to get started. So, Pax, if you haven't tried it yet, uh, let me be the fourth to encourage you to give it a shot. It is by far the easiest thing that I found personally to ca- stay consistent with how I want to feel and how I want to look and perform, and it allows so much flexibility as far as our diet and our ability to socialize and, and do those things that I've haven't seen outside of or anything else compared to it. So, I certainly. Uh, echo these guys and, and say try it out. And and I do have one last question I want to ask each and every one of you guys. Uh, I've been doing that with each guest, but before I do, uh, once again I just want to acknowledge each and every one of you personally and say thank you for your willingness to come and share this information, for being vulnerable and and kind of sharing your uh, take on this topic because I. Believe truly a lot of these guys lives uh, that are going to hear this or families that hear this are really going to see a fantastic benefit for us. So once again, thank you for that. And um, before I ask the question, maybe just if you're willing to, uh, if a PAX member wants to follow up with one of you guys and say, hey, I have a follow up question about what you had to ask or something like that. If you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a contact way that they can find you maybe on Twitter or Slack, that'd be awesome as well. So Bing, I'll let you start and then we'll go around the horn.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm on F3 Nation Slack. Uh, you can hit me up at bing at f3nation.com. That's the best way to do it. Happy to answer any questions.
0: Perfect. Big Mac.
3: Uh, same, we're on Slack channel, but uh, even in the personal level, I'm, I'll am I be very happy because there's people help me with this. So it's the letter E as an Edward, Tommy, 77 seven at yahoo.com. So it's etommy77 at yahoo.com. Please reach out. I'll be very happy to answer any questions.
1: Thanks, buddy. Yeah, definitely uh, Slack uh, channel, F3 Suncoast, F3 Nation, um, uh, Phil Conway Pincher. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to just uh, get a personal note, and you can always send an email as well. So phildconway at gmail.com. Perfect.
0: Thanks, guys, for that willingness to share those things. And the last question is this, and we'll just go in the same order. You guys can answer it back to back here. Um, what is your definition of wellness?
2: Dang, you didn't give me a chance to Google it.
0: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: definition of wellness is just just a complete state of mind of, of, of healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, and, and and performing at the highest level for, for those that are around me. Big Mac?
3: That's what the... Same, I was just going to say, I need to Google it first, but it's really, it's a state of mind. I truly learned through this last couple of years that the, the wellness, it starts up in your mind. It doesn't start in your stomach. Uh, the more you get right and you live right and you think right, that's how you're going to get, <laughs> you're going to feel well.
1: Yes. So I think, uh, you know, wellness for for. People are probably is a little bit different for everybody, um, but uh, you know, with the end end game of wellness being, you know, you know, do I get up in the morning and have energy and just and, and just feel positive, and uh, you know, is is that transposed into everybody else and affect everybody else around me, uh, and 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 helping them get to that level as well, uh, then I would say that's that's living well and wellness. So.
0: Awesome. Thanks guys. All great answers, all inspiring. Once again, thanks for sharing your expertise today uh, on the hunt for wellness podcast. Thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.